a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. It's Friday. It's four o'clock. I've lost my voice. Sound a bit like Mariella Fostrop. But anyway, how are you? I hope you're well, better than me, clearly. <clears throat> that's mainly because of a, a trip to Madrid. I think that's where it's gone wrong. Uh, shout out this week to Pri's parents. Oh. They're in America having a nice time in New York where their daughter was and all she came back with, Mr. and Mrs. Shrestha, was a shitty bag of chocolates. That's all we got. Yeah. Guys, we were disappointed, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. Shut up, Johnny. Anyway, but she had a good time in New York and I hope they're having a lovely time there as well. Uh, we've got an unusual week this week because Pri's back, obviously. And, you know, normally I'd start with heavyweight stories, but she's nicked them all off me. So instead, I've got things that are quite interesting, thanks to Mr. Bearstow. And here's our first one. So, Sainos. Sainos, or Sainsbury's to you and me, is going to become the first company, um, grocers, to deliver by e-bike. That's right, electric bikes. Five will be placed in the store in Streatham, and they'll be operating 100 orders a day. That's a lot of cycling. So um, they're going to see if they can... Um, use this as a way of delivering in cities. The reason is they obviously say that obviously if you're trying to get uh, goods out in tight small towns, all of that sort of stuff, then what you have a problem with is getting vehicles parked. You've seen those vans, we've all seen them. They're a pain in the butt nearly. So actually if people can go around with a little electric bike and then just go and do the, the delivery, why, what does it matter? It's great, I think it's a really good idea. Um, also I think it should be better if they're actually on bikes. Bit easy, isn't it, having an electric bike? But hey, um, so they're doing five in Streatham as a trial, and if this works, then they will try and uh, expand it to other cities. So uh, fair play to them, good pedal power, pedal to their metal, not bad. Yes, thank you, Alex, for that laugh. Um, but that's, uh, I think that's really good, and uh, we should see more uh, retailers doing that. The next story is, I don't know where Jonathan got this, anyway. So the next story is also about retail, and this is about um, curtain and blind seller Hillary's. And what they're saying is they're going to make, or are looking into making, emissions-proof curtains. Oh, yes. You'll be able to see the graphics here. So the idea is you have a curtain. We all live in really polluted cities, as we all know. We've done a story this week about, I don't know, how many people are living in air pollution? Is it a quarter of the world or something? I can't remember. Yeah. Something like that. Pri will tell you later. Anyway, loads of us are living daily with air pollution. Certainly got it in London. Certainly got it in all the major cities. So what they're saying is you have a curtain coated with these nanoparticles and they seem to um, trap the emissions. They use sunlight to break down into radicals which bind with these pollutants and make it all safe. It's certainly a long way off. But as a kind of um, idea, I think it's quite intriguing because you never think about that, do you? But I mean, if you can get something that actually blocks the stuff coming into your, your properties, why not? So um, it's one of those things that, are they just researching it, John? Is that right? They're just looking into it right now? Uh, yeah, they're researching it, but the chemical to be able to do it does exist. So the chemical to do it does exist. Okay, all right. So if it happens, run down and get some. They'll come in loads of lovely patterns, especially for Johnny, little Harry Potter ones. Match his eyes. Um, and then finally, this is a great video. We don't get very religious, but Spirit of Santos on this point. Look at this. Here's the Pope blessing an EV. 
This is great. So you know the Pope's always travelling around in his Pope mobile, uh, but he uh, was in uh, the Vatican City where they're holding Formula E. We've covered that in a couple of years ago in London. And um, he blessed an electric racing car. Well, he blessed all of them. Uh, it certainly worked because Brit Sam Bird was among the drivers that got a blessing and he came first. Divine intervention. What more can you ask? So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, got nothing to do with energy, really, but why not? It's a quite good one. Um, more stories later. Serious news stories with Pri. But first, this week's viewpoints. Now, this week, Rob and I went to Madrid. Uh, we were invited there by Rosatom, and it was really hot. Though the first day wasn't that hot, was it, Rob? It was about 20 degrees. But the young man did get sunburned. So I've got, I've got a claim in now against me for that. But hey, that's the way it goes. The reason we were there was to talk to Rosatom about a couple of things. One, they were at a conference looking at uh, closed cycles for nuclear power, so reusing the fuel. And the other thing is they were working with uh, National Geographic to launch a series of documentaries looking at climate change. And obviously their, their pitch for it while they're sponsoring it is that they say that nuclear power, whatever you may think of it, is you know carbon free and, and good for the planet. So that's part of it. But while we were there, I caught up with the CEO of uh, Rosatom in Europe, uh, Andre Rosdetsin. And Andre was, uh, to be honest, really, really open. Um, forget what's going on in the world of politics, and we'll be bringing you some of my um, discussion with him where we address those things. Uh, you know, whether we're coming into a new Cold War, who knows? That's not for us to discuss. What is to discuss is where nuclear energy is, how it's growing, and obviously Rosatom is one of the world's biggest nuclear players. Uh, I mean, they're huge. Uh, they're in 32 countries. Uh, and they've got loads of reactors working of a specific type. So I had a long-ranging chat with him where we discussed not just Russian politics, uh, the way nuclear is perceived, how um, he thinks the UK market is doing, where nuclear power will go, but also, very importantly, um, the culture. And one of the things we discussed is, having been in the Soviet era, obviously people who are old enough will remember Chernobyl, the Chernobyl disaster of 19. 86 in Kiev, you know, nuclear power had a very, very bad reputation after that. And in particular in Soviet Russia, you'd think what happens is the government says, you know, you know, we're going to build something and accept it. Is that the case now in modern Russia? You know, that was then. Is the culture different? I asked him that and I asked him what he thought about how nuclear power needs to you know, convince the public of its pros and also giving them full information. Here's what he said. We have a lot of issues with, you know, the fact that the public don't like nuclear. Yeah. They, they accept it. You're same thing. You know, in Hinkley, where we're building this plant, you know, the local economy, it wants the plant. People like the fact that it gives jobs, but there's a general feeling yeah. they don't want it. Our impression, and it could be completely wrong, is that in Russia, if the government decides they're building a plant here, the people have to accept it. But you're saying that's not the case. After the Soviet changes, nuclear wasn't extremely popular, I would say. And uh, we decided to start communication and explain people what are the benefits in terms of economy, in terms of energy, in terms of technologies, 
in terms of uh, everything. And uh, after several years, you know, we saw some results. So public acceptance, that's the key to the successful project. And can you imagine, you know, there is, we decided to build a plant. The public is not agree. You build the plant, public is waiting for that. Finally, plant is built and then they starting, you know, to block it. Mm. The worst case scenario, you have a plant which is not working. And a lot of investment has not worked. Yeah. yeah. So public is the key. So you could say, oh, yeah, that's just a bit of propaganda. That's a PR line. I have to say, genuinely, I thought he was very open. Uh, you know, I asked him fairly heavyweight questions and direct questions. And you'll be able to see that on our website coming up over the next week or two. And maybe he's right. You know, that's the way it is. You know, if you do communicate with the public, they can make a rational choice. And if, um, you know, a former, you know, Soviet doctrine has gone, modern Russia is trying to communicate with people, why not? I mean, we certainly found them to be uh, a lot more open than I expected. But there's no doubt there's lots of opposition still to the whole uh, nuclear industry and a lot of opposition into what Rosatom is doing, particularly some of the partner states that it works with. But from my point of view, I think this is a really interesting dialogue to have. And in particular in this time, we seem to be closing around and uh, closing off from each other. A dialogue is a very important thing. So you'll be able to see much more of that interview with Andre, plus our report from Madrid uh, over the next week. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, email me, obviously use the hashtag and uh, give us your views on what you think about nuclear energy in general and also what Rosatom is up to. Now, she's been promoed to bring you the proper news. It's the Hack Hutch. Hello. Hello. Hi. Shall I hold it for you? Because yeah, I know you don't like that. Yeah, I like to move my hands. How was New York? Apart Very from good. the crap chocolates you bought me. Crap? Yeah. It was good. No, You no, don't no, find no. those chocolates here everywhere, so. That's fine. Do you want to say hello to mum and dad? Hi, mum and dad. Hope you're having fun. Um, before we start, I actually wanted to say I was on holiday, yes. not you. You were meant to be in Madrid working. I wasn't right? on holiday. But it I was seemed working. like you were on holiday drinking, so that's why the voice no, is that's, nearly that's disappeared. No, that's not true. Robert, did so we drink lots? I don't lots? know what they've been we doing in Madrid. No, we didn't drink lots at all. Well, my rheumatologist work, watching, no, I didn't. <laughs> anyway, okay, so price rises, we yes, start with. First up, uh, uh, Scottish Power has become the third big six supplier to increase prices for its customers, and it's going to affect about 960,000 of its customers. Okay, right. And that's a 5.5% increase. Uh, it's going to come into effect on June the 1st this year. Okay. And it's going to add about £63 a year to the dual fuel annual bills. It's all the same. They're all roughly at the same level, aren't they? Um, I think British Gas was the same, 5.5, um, and but EDF was, I think, 2 point something. It was 2.7, yeah, but so was as I did last week, you missed it. Okay. And the average that? customer cost, it was roughly it was the, same. the same. Okay. So there's Fair not much enough. to say really is nope. on that map. That okay. was expected anyways, and we expect the rest of the companies to follow. But wasn't expected, especially in the heat wave, is? No, is the coal. Coal. Coal generation. So the UK was coal free for nearly 55 hours um, straight uh, this week. 
And I say nearly 55 because it was five minutes short of being 55 minutes. And that was, um, th that means there was no production between 10.25 p.m. on Monday night mm -hmm. to 5.20 a.m. yesterday. So that's over wow. two, hour, two days. That's great. Um, the previous record was about 40 hours last October. Um, but what National Grid has said, although this news might be of um, good news, it might be great news for environmentalists, uh, National Grid said that coal is going to be uh, an important source of, as the UK transitions to a low carbon economy. Yeah, so well, and, we you know, will have coal. Yeah, and we had it in the reserve as well, so mm. that's fine. But that's interesting, 55 hours. Yep, 55 Normally how long a journey takes to write stories, isn't it? <laughs> no comment. No comment. She's no, so nice. No, Johnny, Johnny does well. God, wow. God. Anyway, what did you pay her? What did you pay her? I said I liked the cookbook. Yeah, you know, you guys. <laughs> we help each other out. No, anyway. All right, be quiet, Jonathan. Right, go on. Uh, next. next one is the Prime Minister. So Theresa May has said that the government will ban uh, plastic straws, stirrers, and cotton buds. How are we going to clean our fingers and our ears anymore? They're saying we're going to do no, ears and fingers. Yeah, it's the same one, absolutely. <laughs> That's what Johnny does anyway, apparently. Um, good stuff. Yes, Let's get very rid of straws. Good. Why do adults need straws? Why the hell? That is true. No, you you can have the you can now buy those metal straws that you can reuse now. Yeah, but so hopefully like there'll be an increase. I like happens. straws, so I'll try not to use the plastic ones. Okay, fine. Um, so, but this will be this will come into effect only after a consultation that's Obviously. scheduled for later this year. Um, and apparently, 8.5 billion plastic straws are thrown away in the UK every year. And they end up in, in a, the oceans. A, in, a, in, a, in a nostril of a tortoise, a, a sea turtle. Yeah. And this, it obviously damages the environment and ends up killing lots of mammals. I have to say, though, on the, on the plastic thing, isn't it gone bonkers? Literally since we yeah. saw a, the, a turtle. Yeah, since Blue Planet. Well and done. And the whale, the little whale. And the, the whale. baby whale. Yeah, the baby yes. whale. Well done, whale. Lord of all Attenborough because yep. without him this wouldn't have happened no I don't think so and now we've, I mean because there's the Commonwealth momentum. yeah but the Commonwealth um, heads of state are meeting right now in London and mm -hmm. they're discussing plastic it's become a really yeah. big big topic yeah and the government has also launched this new initiative where it's uh, calling on other countries Commonwealth countries to join this alliance to basically move on to tackle plastic waste and uh, reduce and recycle them before it actually goes into the oceans so okay. good, good start stuff. Uh, next one is a, so on on the plastic waste stuff. It's it's about litter, um, and a survey has found of uh, three thousand people that although most people hate hate litter, yes, ninety four of them are too nervous to confront someone if they see them throwing something on the floor. Oh, do you, what what do you do? Would you yeah. stop someone? Of course I do. Really? <laughs> I get in trouble. For or are you well. one who throws the litter? No, on the floor? no, no. <laughs> The only rubbish I've got in the office is... Johnny is smirking in the corner. Yeah, Johnny so he is might smirking. Johnny, Johnny will be there. Uh, now, I think you should confront people. I, I did it. I said to a woman who dropped a, a box, she'd got perfume out, she's mm. walking on the street. I said, what have you dropped that for? She said, I don't need it. I said, well, it doesn't need to be there, does it? I mean, and then I she would... gave me a, a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, I would tell... And then I gave her a mouthful I would back. tell someone not to, but it would depend on what who the person is. Like if you, I see a you'd very be standing dodgy... behind Alex when you said that. <laughs> yeah, that is. Apparently, three people, yes. three percent of these people yes. who were surveyed, they they were confronted, um, and some of the reasons. They Let said me say this: wouldn't... I wouldn't confront someone who's hard. <laughs> exactly, right? that's, that's my exactly. point. <laughs> someone who's like sort of small and not, you know. 
difficult. To uh, those people who said, so the 94% of people who said they won't confront someone, yes. the reasons they gave were so, so they're not beaten up. Yeah, fair enough. That was a good one. <laughs> That'll be my reason. And uh, some of them said it's not their problem. Oh, it's everyone's which problem. Is, which is such a shame. Yeah, Alex, that's not fair, is it? No. Yeah, uh, apparently 12% have had rude comments, and you are the one of the 12%. I've given a few back as well, uh, but and, yes. And 1% has been physically assaulted. No, not yet. Assaulted uh, for other things, but not that. However, God, this, this is going on now, yes. This is interesting. How, How many stats have you got in this 31% said they would drop litter yes. if there was no bin and no one was looking. I'm against that. Outrageous, Bearstow. Chuck it in a bush. <laughs> How's a fox going to eat a plastic straw, you fool? Uh, and the rest said they would take it home or find a bin, and I would say I'm one of those. Excellent. Uh, let us know what you would do. Uh, send us your comments with the hashtag shortfuse. And if you've got any stories for us, uh, you can send it over to stories at energylivenews.com. And hope you enjoy the sunshine this weekend. See, she's such a professional. See you later. Goodbye. Amazing. Amazing. And don't drop litter, even if you see Johnny Bearstow. Actually, you can smack Johnny one. He won't mind, will you? He'll be up for that, won't you, Jonas? Always up for a fight, absolutely. Right, um, okay, so a couple of things I want to talk about. Uh, obviously, Energy Life Future is coming up. We've been busy inviting people, and I know a lot of you have come back to us. Um, what I'd like to do is make sure that you know that there's plenty of great content for you on that day. So we're talking about uh, how we are going to fund our energy future. We'll be talking about decentralization of power. We'll be talking about whether suppliers will exist. We'll be talking about uh, electric vehicles and energy storage. And we'll be talking about going to Mars and what that has to do with how energy science might go in the future. And here's the invitation from our headline speaker, Baz Lansdorp. Hello, I'm Baz Lansdorp. I'm CEO and co-founder of Mars One. I'll be speaking at Energy Life Future in June in London, and I hope you will be there. I'll be speaking about Mars, about why we should go there, how we will go there, about how we will get energy on Mars. It's going to be an exciting event. Join us. So, uh, really, he's a cracking speaker. Make sure, if you're a major energy user, you go and get yourself registered for this event. You can go and do it on the website, or you can send an email to Jeff or Freddie easy to do and uh, we'd really like to see you all there we've got about i think 70 places left so which is not bad we've got rid of most of them but uh you know this is an event you shouldn't miss particularly about not just the sort of a highbrow stuff about mars but technology that could help you with your job right now so if you're a major energy user please come along um some other dates for your diary so obviously as i said the 7th of june is for energy life future and then on the 28th of june is telka now a quick announcement monday is the deadline day for telka all right we've had a lot of interest in but i know what you're a lot are like it's like the taxes isn't it brokers out there you, you wait till the 31st of jan it's the same so 23rd of april this monday by five o'clock we need your entries so make sure you do that you can enter directly through the website if you've got any issues just call the office but please make sure you get your entries in 
by Monday uh, and the event of course takes place on the 28th of June and then towards the end of the year on the 31st on Halloween night we have Expo coming up which will be cracking. Right that is about it. I hope you had a good show, hope you enjoyed it. Enjoy the weather. We'll see you again next week.